0: again everyone and welcome. We're in the middle of a series I've entitled 66 books, 66 short podcasts that take a brief overview of the 66 books of our Bible. And today we've reached the book of Colossians, the book of the sufficiency of Christ. Colossians is very widely recognized as the most Christ-centered book in the Bible and over the years has served as a real antidote to any potential heresy. Ephesians and Colossians are often paired together as sort of twin letters. The first verse, Colossians 1 verse 1, identifies Paul and Timothy as the authors of this letter, but it is generally thought that the sole author was in fact Paul evidence of this is the fact that he often refers to himself throughout the letter in the first person it is generally believed paul dictated his words to timothy who scribed the letter the personal details in the letter and the close parallels with ephesians seem to fit well with the claim of paul's authorship so who was the book written to who were the recipients In the discussions on Ephesians, I pointed out that Paul wrote four epistles, four letters while imprisoned in Rome. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. In all four, he mentions his chains. Therefore, most experts believe Colossians was written from Rome, along with the others, by Paul in around 61 AD. Of the four, Colossians was probably written first. Bible experts believe that Colossians and Ephesians were written before Philippians. In it, Paul addresses the letter to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are at Colossae. In other words, Paul wrote to the church at Colossae, a Christian community based about a 100 miles east of Ephesus and incidentally only about 10 miles from Laodicea. There's no record in Acts of Paul actually visiting Colossae, so there's a good chance he probably never actually met the people there face to face. The city of Colossae was in the Roman province of Asia, a bit inland from the important coastal city of Ephesus. The church was probably established while Paul was in Ephesus during his third missionary journey, when converts from Ephesus took the gospel into the surrounding regions. But the church had since its foundation been troubled by a kind of persuasive false teaching. And it appears that the church leaders did not really know how to deal with it. Now at that time Paul was in Rome where he was imprisoned for two years waiting the outcome of his appeal to his emperor. A church leader from Colossae called Epaphras wrote to him telling him about the problem there. Paul wrote and sends off this letter to the Colossians in order to help them. So the message of the book is the sufficiency of Christ for every aspect of spiritual life. One reason why false teaching arose in Colossae and other churches in that region was because certain people were trying to combine Christian belief with pagan mythology. This teaching was an early form of Gnosticism. A heresy that went on to create really serious trouble throughout the early church particularly during the second century. Now the name Gnostic comes from the Greek term gnosis which means knowledge. In Colossae the Gnostic teaching took ideas from Judaism mainly in relation to their religious ceremonies. You see Gnostic religion always tried to introduce their followers to a variety of set rituals and regulations. But they also claimed to give their followers special knowledge of mysteries that people outside the group did not know and levels of knowledge as they passed through the various stages. But the main problem centred on their wrong understanding of Jesus Christ. The Gnostics began to skew the Christian believers into a wrong understanding of Jesus and the salvation that they had received through him. Paul responds to this situation by telling them quite simply that as Christ is supreme Lord of all and is the all-sufficient saviour, believers should be aware of any teaching that suggests the need of something or someone other than Jesus and that they should continue to see Jesus Christ and find that in him they have everything they need. Now in structure, Colossians is the perfect example of an ancient letter. It begins an opening couple of verses of salutation, and then a thanksgiving, and then a prayer. And in the main body of the letter, which is contained from chapter 115 to chapter 4, verse 6, is where he deals with the issue of doctrine, and he defends the true Christian position, and he also talks about a little bit about Christian duty. And then in the closing section running from chapter 4 7 to the end of the book he sends his greetings to individuals and gives a closing benediction so the first purpose of colossians was to refute jewish and gnostic mystical teachings about self-denial you see the false teachers taught that the gap between God and the human race was bridged by countless beings who were part of a sort of part divine part human chain the first and highest of these of course sprang from God himself but the second originated from the first the third from the second and so on down the scale down the links if you like so that being closer to God and being more God-like meant working your way up those chain. Together, these beings, they believed, controlled the universe and they also controlled people's approach to God, passing through various stages of supposed godliness. People were called to climb a spiritual ladder, so to speak, and as they moved from one angelic being up to the next, passing through, granted Christ, until finally reaching God, that that was the method to go. According to the false teachers, therefore, Jesus Christ was just one of these part-divine, part-human links in this chain. Paul saw that if this were so, then Christ could no longer be the one mediator between man and God and humanity, and thereby his death was no longer the only way to cleanse sinners and to reconcile them with God. So Paul here in this letter asserts that Jesus Christ is God and he is supreme over all things, whether seen or unseen. At the same time, Christ is the saviour of sinful human beings and the conqueror of the powers of evil. Through him, God entered the world of human existence and shares in every living relationship with his human creatures. At the head is the body. With the body, so is Christ united with the people, which is called the church. This union means that believers can share in Christ's victory over evil and the character of Christ can be reproduced in them. False teachers also claimed that their knowledge of heavenly mysteries had raised them in a sense above ordinary people and it had literally raised them to a point where the deeds of the body could no longer affect their spirit. The Christian response was that the knowledge of God could never be separated from behaviour. The true knowledge of heavenly mysteries is found only in Christ and will always lead to right behaviour and love. The second purpose of Colossians was to engage and encourage believers to give Christ preeminence in their lives. Paul's purpose in Colossians was both positive and negative. The negative side was to refute the false teachings. The positive side was to encourage believers to grow and to go on to maturity and to give Christ preeminence in everything they do. So in summarizing this book we can say Paul wrote to the Colossians to refute Gnostic and Jewish mysticism. Believers should put Christ at the center of their lives and recognize he is the only way to God. Therefore we should give him preeminence in everything we do.